Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And I'm excited because you got a real treat coming tonight. Well, first of all, I did stand up for a while. And I loved doing it. But I had two really downfalls. One was every time after a show, people would come up to me and say, you know what, we... We loved your material, and it was nice and clean, but everybody before you and after you was filthy. And that would be it. They'd never return again. The other thing was <laughs> when they start, you start getting better and they start putting you on towards the end of the show, then I uh, ended up, you know, I, I worked in surgery at 6 in the morning, so I'd have to be there at like 5.30, and it just was wearing me out. So I finally just kind of stopped doing it. So I've got a comedian on today, Jeff Allen, and I don't know if you've ever heard him or seen him, but somebody had sent me his testimony, and Jeff, welcome. Hey, it's good to be part of this. I'm looking forward to this. I, I've got to say, I heard your material. Well, first of all, when I, I heard your testimony, I was amazed. It was great. And, uh, and then I started listening to some of your material. The fact that you were clean, it's funny. It's uh, it really relates to a lot of uh, especially I don't I don't know what age you are Jeff but you know I think oh. I'm I, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm fifty eight I think I'm fifty eight yeah. and uh, I'm on med- well, I'm can... on Medicare that should tell you everything you need to know so <laughs> on Medicare and uh, yeah. will you want to tell us tell us a little about your testimony. Well, I um, I got married at 30, and uh, by the age of 31, I crawled into an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and uh, uh, to get sober. I was a an alcoholic and a drug addict, and um, they said, pray. I said, to what? And that started me on my journey. Um, it took about eight years of uh, just kind of seeking out whether or not, you know, the higher power, uh, didn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, I felt if I was making up a deity that made me delusional. But I saw the changes in people's lives that had a relationship with something um, bigger than themselves. So that was kind of my question. And anyway, I went through New Age. I went through uh, uh, all of the uh, self-help. Every you know, the uh, I got onto Buddhism for a while, and I tried to like all like just trying on a spiritual coat um, or basically trying to quench a spiritual thirst that I had. And uh, in the middle of all of that, um, you know, you got to live your life. And I was an angry, bitter, jaded, foul-mouthed human being. And um, eventually, um, my wife finally had had enough, and she asked for a divorce, and we were going to get a divorce. And God had other plans, so he put a man in my life uh, who uh, loved me into the kingdom of uh, of God. He put the Bible in my hands, which was the last book I was going to read. And um, there was a preacher, uh, a pastor out of Texas, Denton, Denton Bible Church, Tommy Nelson, and um, he signed me up for his study tapes, and I collected them for about a year and a half. I never opened one up, and uh, our, our friendship just grew. And after every conversation we had about stuff guys talk about, sports and, and politics and, and whatever you talk about, 
he would always say at the end of the conversation, he goes, you know, my, my wife and I are praying for your marriage. And I'd say, well, that's great. I mean, it didn't mean a lot to me at the time, but I said, that's great. And I finally asked him why he does that. And he said, I, we think our marriages are ordained from God and there's a higher purpose in them than just your personal happiness. In essence, you know, you're, you're there to raise those kids and be together and they bonded you as one soul. And anyway, um, eventually I opened up the tapes. It was uh, the first sermon I ever listened to was in the book of Ecclesiastes, and it summed up my eight-year search. Uh, meaningless, meaningless. Everything in life is meaningless. And uh, the, what I got out of that first sermon changed my life. Life without God will have no meaning without meaning to your life. There's no purpose to your life, and without purpose to your life, you might as well commit suicide. And that resonated with me. That exhilarated me because that was a truth. I knew that was true. That was true. And uh, I began to study the Bible. And in a month and a half, I listened to about a year and a half's worth of study tapes from this pastor. I came to the conclusion Genesis 1-1 was right in the beginning, God. And I called my friend up sobbing on the phone because I realized there was a God. And he said, uh, you got a problem with that. And I said, how about blasphemy? You know, how about cursing him? Like, all the nasty things I said about him. He goes, have you read about the cross? And I, I, I said, the cross? He goes, oh, I can't ruin the ending for you. But uh, he goes, just uh, take some of those tapes and study what Jesus did for us on the cross. It took about a week. And I realized that if Jesus is not who he claimed to be, then Solomon was right, suicide. So as a child, I got on my knees and I said to Jesus, if uh, if you are who you claim to be, then I am yours. And um, as far as my marriage and as far as my career, as far as my job as a father, I said, I messed it all up. I only, um, on every level, every metric, I failed. So it's yours. It belongs to you. Just teach me what to do. And that's been my daily prayer for 25 years now. Just... You do it. I'll, I'll I'll be the instrument. You just work through me. The changes were almost immediate. My wife saw them immediately. We had divorce papers filled out. We were like literally 10 minutes from divorce court to file those papers 20, 27 years ago now. Um, she changed her mind on the side of the road on I, I-17 in Phoenix, Arizona, and said, uh, let's go home. This is wrong. About a year later, I gave my life to Jesus, and about three weeks after that, she uh, started coming to church with me. Our marriage, I, I, you know, I always tell people, if you don't think God will bring you to the edge, you know, it's, um, it's always in his time, and his time is never off. I just had to exhaust all those other things, I guess. You know, I tell churches all the time, you can walk in any bookstore in America, and there's thousands of books written by men with their attempt to find meaning apart from God. But one book, the Bible, has not changed in thousands of years. And that's uh, God's word to us on how to live. You get that working through you, it'll change your heart. And you change men's hearts, you change the world. I found some stuff where you were uh, younger as a comedian. Were you a comedian before you got born again? Oh, gosh, yes. 17. I worked okay. clubs. 15 to 17 years, I guess. It was strictly clubs. Matter of fact, it was 9-11. I was a believer then. And um, I was in Vegas working when my wife called me and woke me up and told me about the towers. 
I came home and told my Jewish manager, I said, I, I got to stop working these clubs. I'm gone too much. I said, you think churches would hire me? And he goes, you know, he's Jewish. He said, you think you're asking me? I go, we were the blind leading the blind. So the first year we put it out that we were going to work churches, we got one church in an entire year to hire me. It was a, um, I understood it. I mean, when your resume is nothing but casinos and nightclubs, you know, pastors were a little hesitant to give an unknown comedian uh, the pulpit for 45 minutes or an hour, you know. But uh, I got hooked up with Bill Gaither not much long after that. And when Bill hired me, that kind of gave me a, little, a stamp of approval. Uh, and then some church doors opened up and I was able to, to step inside and do some outreach for, for years, actually. It wasn't until the dry bar tapes broke that um, I was back. I'm back in clubs now working. And it's it's interesting because the church people are now uh, bringing their unchurched friends out. And um, in the course of the hour and 15-minute show that I do in the clubs, um, I get a chance to share a little bit about my faith. I have to say this. you You're an answer to prayer for me because April the 5th, was my 19th anniversary. And I told my wife, I said, I'm going to find us a, a, a comedian to go see. And I, I searched and searched and I couldn't find anybody where, where it wasn't just trash. There was yeah. not, or at least, you know, I mean, I, I could have probably flown to Florida or something, but it, as far as being within a couple of hours from where we live. And then when I started, you know, researching about you, I found your schedule and I found that in November, you're going to be at Lufkin. So I plan on oh. seeing you at Lufkin in, in November. Oh, great. And uh, I, yeah, so I told my wife, I said, well, it, it didn't happen on April the 5th, but it's going to happen. Oh, that's but cool. it, truthfully, it, it's worth the wait because, like I said, I didn't want to go here. I, you know, when I was in, you know, doing stand-up, some of these people were just so trashy that it it bothered me, you know, because you always hear what's going on, you know, behind stage or whatever. And right. it, it's just like, uh, now that, that doesn't stop us from being able to witness to the other comedians and stuff like that. But still people don't come see you when, when they have to sit through all that just to hear you. So, no, they won't. And we, we always make sure that that's in my contract, that if somebody opens for me, um, they have to work uh, clean, PG-13 clean, you know. And um, I've been been lucky so far. You know, I've had some, a couple guys struggle, but they stayed clean. You know, you could tell they were struggling to keep it that way. But um, at least they honored and respected me enough and, um, you know, and my audience enough to not. You know, I did have issues early in my you know, the a long time ago when I when I tried to step out and do clubs I had a real problem with uh, the you know club managers that were, that didn't like me because of my faith and they didn't like the fact that I insisted on people being clean so they put dirty acts in front of me and it upset me so I just quit I just quit going out and then um now that we're doing the numbers that we we're doing there's a, there's a different a different respect for what I do and, and, and they're honoring the contracts. And um, when I do theaters, I just, I just work alone. I just do an hour and a half by myself. And um, 
and I could do that in the clubs if I wanted to, but I want to help people out. You know, there's people who reach out and want to open for me that are, that are believers that are out there trying to, you know, so I'm doing what I can to get them on the stages in front of me. I just, I just love what I do. So I want to do at least an hour and 15 and give people their money's worth. Uh, most guys do 40, 45 minutes and then leave. I just love what I do. Is your manager still a Jew? Are you still have the same manager? Oh my gosh, yes. I've known Lenny for forty years. I'm not. He's not going anywhere. I love him, and um, and more and you know, he, more importantly, he's a he's a, a, a dear friend of mine. He knows all the demons. He remembers when I was doing cocaine and booze, uh, and he's seen the transformation. And um, he said, "I want to be part of this," you know. So. Uh, yeah, and he, uh, and he knows he knows your savior is a Jew too. Right. Well, that's what I always yeah. tell people. I know. The last I checked, we were worshiping a Jew. So um, exactly, I'm grafted into their covenants, you know. So, but I love him. You, uh, and, and he's my wife calls him my second wife. <laughs> he knows he knows all of it. He knows everything about me, and he still calls me friend. So you can't buy that. Um, you, exactly. you, know, you can rent it for a while. You can rent it for a while, but they'll tire of you. Um, but people who truly know you and still want to be around you are the, uh, you know, that's, you, that's a gift. That's a gift of grace. Well, one of the cool things is, you know, with all this stuff, you know, science has proven that laughter yes. uh, fights, fights against depression, sorrow, um, yes. reduces stress, lowers blood sugar. And, I'm telling you, with everything that everyone is going through right now, whether you believe this virus stuff is real or not, uh, you know, we're watching the price of fuel just skyrocket. We're watching this uh, so-called administration, all the junk they're pulling. People need to get out and laugh. And yeah. so to, to, to find a show, and, and I will attach your uh, schedule, you know, on the bottom, they they need to come out and hear you. Yeah. You know, they really do. Well, I'm hearing that more and more. I'm, since COVID, I'm hearing that a lot. Husbands and wives coming out and husbands saying, the first time I've heard my wife laugh since COVID. My wife saying it's the first time I've heard my husband laugh. And, you know, it's um, I, I say my show is 99.9% politic-free. I don't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to stand up there and tell you how bad things are. Uh, because you know that, you know, um, I just want to be a distraction for an hour and a half, you know, just come on out, laugh. And like, uh, the Bible says it does good, like a medicine and it does, it releases endorphins, which is the body's natural painkiller. And uh, there's, like you said, there's a lot of healing benefits to just laughing. I think it's important. I, I, I never really looked at it that way until COVID. I just thought I did, you know, it was my job. This is what I do. This is the only skill set. I, I don't have any other skills. So, um, you know, uh, but in the last year and a half, I've had dozens and dozens of people coming out and just on their way out to say thank you. It just, we, we needed a laugh, um, you know. And then, of course, there are people who are dealing with loss um, that since the first time they've laughed since they lost their loved one, you know. And it is important. We need We need to find something in our life that brings us joy and laughter. And if it's, if it's what I do for an hour and a half, I'm honored and I consider that a uh, gift that you would choose to come out and 
didn't see it. Well, Jeff, I don't want to keep you on here too long, but I do want to encourage, you know, like I said, I will attach, you know, at the bottom of the show, your schedule. And, uh, and then uh, of course you do have stuff up on YouTube and everything else, but. Oh, people, sure. They go to a website and uh, there's just dozens of videos. Oh, and uh, Facebook, well, if they follow me on Facebook or, or Instagram, we post videos almost daily to make people laugh. Okay, well, why don't you give them a little of that, uh, you know, the website and stuff like that, just in case. Uh, uh, JeffAllenComedy.com. JeffAllenComedy.com is the website. And then uh, Comedy, I believe, is the um, Instagram if they're on that. Uh, but in Facebook, just uh, Google uh, or yeah, Jeff Allen. Uh, comedian uh, and um, I'm a blue check on Facebook so um, uh, that should pop up and uh, they can sign on to that and like I said we post we try to post something every day and we're getting on TikTok I still can't figure that animal out but um, I have people working on that but uh, I don't understand it but uh, uh, you know we're trying to reach people with whatever we can I have a I have a lot of a lot of material out there. Uh, a lot of it shows me with hair. I have no hair anymore, you know, but um, as I see the comments on Facebook, no, he's old now. He has no hair. <laughs> you know, so, um, but uh, but anyway, uh, we put out what we, what we think will make people laugh, you know, and uh, like I said, we stay away from politics and, and you know, we figure you're smart enough to figure out what you want to do with, with your vote. So, God willing, um, we can make people laugh. Well, I'm I'm going to use one of the pictures with the no hair. Um, Good. I didn't wanna, yeah, because people come out. I've seen people come out and go, you know, that isn't you. That isn't you know. What do you mean? They go, well, and they're going, no, nah, you're a lot younger than this. I go, well, you you looked at, you haven't seen it. And our stuff is on Amazon Prime as well. Uh, the dry bar specials are on Amazon Prime. I think one's called. I can laugh about it now, and then the other one is um, honoring my wife. So I have two specials on Amazon Prime that they can really get a taste of what what I do. All right, I I want to say you know thank you for coming on. Oh no problem, thank you. I've been looking forward to this. And if you'll hang on the line, I'm going to say that's a wrap, and then we'll talk afterwards. Okay, cool. Well, that's a wrap. <laughs>